It's our entire Disney Investor Day 2020 conversation. Plus, Noe and Fine remembers the career and life of Tiny Lister. All this on this PCC Extra. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, 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 give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, or do whatever you can to support us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, or Game Source, it is truly appreciated. Plus, if you can also stop by, if you are interested and are able in your state to play daily fantasy sports, go ahead and stop by our new friends at thrivefantasy.com or Thrive Fantasy on your mobile app or the Google App Store. You just go ahead and download it right away. What we'll do for you is if you type in the code LFB on your first deposit, as long as it's $20 or more, Thrive Fantasy will match it. Dollar for dollar, up to $50. That's right. They'll match it up to $50 if you type in the code LFB. So if you're into Major League Baseball, the NFL, which is in week 14 right now, NBA, PGA, or eSports, you get to pick your favorite people that you want to go for right there each and every day. That's daily fantasy sports that's available now, sports betting, right now at Thrive Fantasy please go ahead and use the code LFB on checkout and you go ahead and hopefully be a great winner today. All right. There's so much to talk about on today's show, but it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is still joshing around each and every time for us right here at the pop culture cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. His great book, congratulations. You suck, which you can still get on Amazon and Barnes Noble for a great holiday gift, plus his show's Topic Ocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast. It is my good friend indeed. It is Josh Peterson. And Josh, thanks for coming back on the show one more time. Yeah, grab that copy. Congratulations, you suck. Shove it in those stockings. Shove it in that hot chocolate when you're uh, decorating the tree. Put it on that Christmas train. Hang it outside by the lights. Just get as many copies as you can and just give it to everybody. What if I get it for Kindle? Then, I don't know. I have nothing prepared for that. That's what I thought. Thought I'd throw you off there. I mean, if it's a Kindle Oasis, you're fine. Then, you know, at that point, it's waterproof, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah, just decorate the house with them. We're good. Also with us as well is a good man. He's here especially because we've got some big things to talk about today when it concerns Disney. He is the man indeed from Castle FPV at Castle FPV on the Twitter and Instagram. The guy who hosts with me, the PC Multiverse, it is Marcus De La Garza. And Marcus, thanks for coming on today's show because we're here today to talk a lot of Disney. We had so much that we couldn't cover uh, on the Friday show, so I had to make sure I came back so that we could all discuss it together. I feel like our joint episodes are some of our, my favorites, at least, so looking forward to this one. There's some of my favorites as well, 
And again, I truly appreciate everybody watching and listening out there. Big shout out to Tina Marie Trimpert, who's given us a shout out right now. Cannot thank you enough for watching. Indie Pods United, she's hard at work with the entire crew for Indie Pods United 2021. So stay tuned for some great announcements in the coming months and weeks and days for Indie Pods United. So please check that out, IndiePodsUnited.com. I'll tell you what, right now, we're going to go ahead into a deep dive on this episode for the Disney Investor Day 2020 that just happened. We're going to be talking a whole bunch when it comes to Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, and so much more. So we're going to share our thoughts on that because Disney did drop basically an info bomb the other night on Thursday. Just wave after wave of information on things that they had not previously talked about and some things that they had. So we're going to go ahead and break it down real quick. And guys, I want you to go ahead and keep on the line to feel free to interrupt me because I'm just going to be reading off this massive Excel spreadsheet. I took a lot of time in going back and, and bringing up the latest news and information that was. First thing I do want to say again, I want to pat myself on the back because of Disney's plan outside the U.S., which I hope they will bring inside the U.S. with their star and hot star networks, their their outings, basically combining in a lot of areas outside the country, of best the best of Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN all in what nature. This is something I've asked for a long time, and I understand it's not yet going to be available in the U.S., but I think, as you and I talked about, Marcus, that this is going to be the future of the way, eventually, that Disney will go ahead and present its programming. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing the the real big push here to really future proof yourself with uh, out of Disney uh, and really push the international market towards that that heavy streaming presence. Josh, I'm I'm really interested to hear your take on on this Disney Star and Disney Star Plus. Star Plus will be in Latin America uh, in June 2021, but this is something that's really cool. I, I, I'm I'm with Gerald. I'm really excited to see when it comes here, how it's going to roll out, how it's received. But I mean, to have everything and and kind of in one location really uh speaks uh volumes to me at least it does to me as well uh josh did you get a chance to see that part of the presentation when it concerns the star networks the hot star planning and basically the programming that they're going to be doing is something which i've talked about that's going to be an eventuality of disney going into one uh, combined format i know they don't own all of hulu but i have a feeling that the next step is buying hulu outright and then just going ahead with that type of programming so okay i'm i'm reading about this now so this is is this you go into disney plus and you have the option to access hulu and espn or is this everything's just merged into disney is that That's, what that is it's basically merged into it basically they created networks that are going to be streamed for you know it's going to be sent sent outside the u.s this is for areas like india this is for areas like south america these are going to be the combinations of not only local programming to those areas but also as well they're going to be combining you'll, you'll see things from uh, fx you'll see things from hulu you'll see things from Disney Plus, you'll see things, basically ESPN, you'll see, basically you will get the best of all these worlds combined into one platform. Like That's, I said, like I've been asking. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely makes things more convenient. I'm curious how how it's going to work because like they're they're saying you're going they're going to have local programming on there too. Like, is this going, is this a TV network we're talking about or is yep. it? 
essentially it's a streaming network that's going to be showing not only live but pre-recorded program okay so you can't go in there i'm i'm trying to like understand it. you can't go in there and access it the way you would disney plus right we get to select your show instead oh, yeah you can oh yeah you will be able to and actually there will also be uh and they went through the process of, of making sure that's age appropriate as well by going ahead with password protection and things of that nature so if, if somebody's concerned about their Disney Plus programming and and want to go ahead and access FX programming for you know that the don't that they don't want the kids to see, then they'll go ahead and make sure that they uh, have that uh, locked out for the for the kids right. from the kids as well. So that's really, I mean, I I didn't I missed that part of the uh, announcements, but I mean that's really cool because well the announcement the whole investors day was three over three and a half hours. So yeah, I yeah, I, I it, got it went on for a while, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean I was overwhelmed with all the stuff that kept popping up on the internet about it, but you know in regards to D Disney Star, I think it's called right. Um, yeah, well it's yeah. basically just the Star Network. They they yeah they. They won't put it on there because Disney Disney is just one part of the equation of the Star Network. Yes. Yeah. So this is, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but this is what I've always enjoyed about Amazon Prime, right? You go to the app, whether it's on your Xbox, your PlayStation, your computer, phone. Yep. Um, they have access to all these different stations that if you're subscribed to, you can watch content through Amazon. So say you have your, Am your HBO account and it's linked to your Amazon account, you could watch HBO shows via Amazon. You don't have to go to a bunch of different apps to watch things because they're all in the same place. And if this is anything like that, then yeah, I mean, that, that's awesome because that's it saves you the hassle of having to open up multiple apps to go to things. You can kind of watch everything from one main hub. And, you know, I honestly, I think that's a great idea. Uh, it's, I'll tell you what, it's something that I think is going to be an eventuality for the entire spectrum of Disney, I think it's something that will eventually go to throughout the entire world, including the U.S. It's, I think it's just a natural, natural thing because we saw the numbers for Hulu, we saw the numbers for Disney, and we saw the numbers for ESPN. And, e while, and while ESPN Plus and Disney Plus is really doing well, in fact, almost exceeding expectations on both of those two outlets, Hulu, as Marcus pointed out, they're 12 years and they still haven't even gotten four to 40 million subscribers. And they un unfortunately did not hit that window. I think it's going to be an eventuality that they just buy out Hulu entirely because they only own 60%, but they buy out Hulu entirely and go ahead to that type of format. But again, that's something for the big picture going forward. I wanted to go ahead and discuss that with the guys real quick. But on to the big stuff. And that is the mentions of all the different projects that are out there in Disney World. Now, actually, they didn't even mention all of them. They said they had they had stuff under wraps that they didn't announce, like Deadpool 3. They didn't announce Deadpool 3 yet. I was kind of disappointed on that. But you know what? There's still a lot more that they talked about on the presentation. So I'm going to go ahead and order, and you guys just stop me. All right? So Because I'm looking at an Excel spreadsheet right here that I made last night. So stop me on this if you guys want to talk about First and foremost, one of the latest animated hits on the horizon for Disney, Raya and the Last Dragon, is coming day and date to Disney+. Plus. But Josh and Marcus, it is only going to be premium access only to initially. It's going to do, follow a similar path as we saw from Mulan. A kind of a weird thing to do because Soul is not following that same path, and that's a Pixar movie. This is a Disney Animation Studios movie, but it's following a premium access. 
Yay or nay? Good idea or bad one after what Warner Brothers just announced with its entire slate of 2021 movies? I think it's not a great idea. I, honestly, like, I don't regret watching Move On, but I feel dumb having paid what is like $20 for it. 30 $30, yeah. Like, I, I don't regret watching it, but I feel dumb having to have paid that. And I know if I go on HBO Max on December 23rd, I will be able to watch Wonder Woman without having to pay anything extra. The same here. Uh, you know, I'm just waiting for that. Marcus, any thoughts on it? Because I thought it was a misstep by Disney, especially yeah. the fact that, it, you know, Warner Brothers just a few days before announced that everything was going for basically essentially the subscription price day in, day out of the actual release date. Yeah, I, I think it's a miss. Uh, Disney also announced that they were going to be upping the price of Disney Plus uh, domestically by a dollar, I believe, sometime around March. It feels like we're starting to get into a little bit of a money grab here, and maybe this wasn't the right one to to, to try and do this with. But, I mean, regardless, I, I, I'm i with you guys. I think this is a miss. I, I do feel as though, and I wasn't one of those people that paid for Mulan. I was I waited for it to come out. And so, you know, it, it I do feel for the people that did pay because I feel like uh, a lot of those people Thank came you. back to me. Uh, and said, oh, man, I really should have just waited. So my entire family had said, you know, we, we really just should have waited as well. And I will tell you what, it was something that I think Disney did not learn from the first time around. I mean, obviously, they had enough success money wise and financial wise to go ahead and do this again. But after the announcement from Warner Brothers, it probably isn't the best thing in mind, especially at the fact that the movie is not outstanding when it comes out. I still am looking forward to the movie myself personally, and I might actually buy it premium access, but you know what? It's just kind of disappointing <laughs> that they didn't that they didn't match up because I don't think it's going to get the kind of interest that Mulan did, especially after what happened with Warner Brothers. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. For the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts right so i'm going to name off a lot of stuff so you guys go ahead keep up with me on this only murders in the building with steve martin martin short and selena gomez the dropout with kate mckinnon dope sick with rosario dawson and michael keaton Nine Perfect Strangers and the Kardashians are all coming to Hulu. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was renewed for not one, not two, not three, but four seasons. That's wild to me. I mean, this show has been going on for a while, and I still love it, but I just, four more seasons of Always Sunny, uh, a little bit mind-blowing. Uh, and, and that's coming from somebody who really, 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 really loves that intellectual property. Yeah, it's, it's a great show. I mean, I'm surprised it's been running this long, too. Cannot, can we step back for a minute, though, and go to Car the Kardashians? Because that's interesting because B Disney is basically like putting the Kardashians under their banner. So, hey, kids, we want you to feel good about yourselves, but the Kardashians, you know, like that seems a little weird to me. It seems a little weird until you saw the ratings that they produced on a weekly basis for E, and they basically kept the E network alive for, for a long time. Nobody else watches the E network for anything at this point in time. And when you can get all your entertainment news from sources like us and everywhere out there in a lot quicker fashion than E network. So they essentially kept the E network alive. Shout out to Caleb Richardson. Uh, he didn't 
he didn't dislike Milan, but $30 was a little bit too much. Agreed. Premium, premium access needs to be a lot cheaper, half the price per se. I think that's a good call. I think $15 is a little bit better digestible. But yes, I agree with you, Caleb, that uh, there should be... I didn't hate Milan either. I just didn't think it was worth the $30 investment. And I'm, I'm worried that Raya and The Last Dragon will follow suit. But yes, not a whole lot going on with Hulu outside of what I said with Nine Perfect Strangers with Nicole Kidman and Melissa McCarthy. The Dropout with Kate McKinnon, like I said. Dope Sick with Rosario Dawson and Michael, Michael Keaton. And Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Not a whole lot of shows coming to Hulu in the next year. But it is something that's going to tie people over. But again, the point comes where I think Hulu needs to be purchased entirely by Disney and basically absorbed into Disney+. Plus. It's Always Sunny, we just talked about. And what's coming up on FX and FX on Hulu is The Old Man with Jeff Bridges, who I want to go ahead and give best wishes to because I know he's uh, fighting a lot of things in his life right now as far as I think from cancer and cancer treatment. So a lot of uh, prayers are sent to him. American Horror Stories, which is going to be a offshoot of the popular horror series that's already on FX, the American Horror Story, Platform, Reservation Dogs, and Why the Last Man. I know Reservation Dogs is going to be executive produced by Taika Watiti, so obviously that's going to be a lot of interest. Ooh. And Platform is going to be done by BJ Novak from The Office. And so these are all shows that are coming to FX on Hulu. There's also in the in the, in the distant future a little bit farther away, an Alien series. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And really a Shogun good, remake. So, yeah, Alien series. I know you guys are very interested, especially you, Josh, about how this is going to take place. Interesting how they said that the Alien series was going to be something that <laughs> uh, it's, I guess, taking place on Earth near yeah. modern times. Yes. Okay. So Noah Hawley has been working on this for a while, I guess, and it was meant to be made in conjunction with whatever – alien film that ridley scott currently has in production i don't know anything about like the storyline but i mean i'm i'm hoping from what i'm hearing it sounds like ridley scott's not going to be revisiting the world of prometheus which kind of bums me out yeah i love that movie Uh, prometheus was fantastic covenant was like uh, just horrible um i mean it wasn't horrible just wasn't my favorite but I mean, I really wanted to know like how that turns out, and then where is this new alien series going to fit into the mythology? Because uh, I'm kind of stoked, and uh, I just don't want it to be disappointing. Well, hopefully, you won't look back outside of your backyard or anything like that and come face to face with a face hugger. I know, so. like Alien vs Predator Requiem. Remember that it took place yes. on this. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I kind of want to jump back for a second. You know, with American Horror Stories coming to FX, I really hope they don't suffer the same fate as uh, the Fear of the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead, right? You know, with the the success or lack thereof on the fear over time. You know, I, I know American Horror Stories is going to be very popular when it first comes out. I hope it can main, maintain that. And then Reservation Dogs, really excited about that. I know we kind of didn't just glancing or glossing over it quickly, but really excited about that as well. And then, yeah, I mean, guys, this Alien franchise, I'm really looking forward to. Josh, I, I'm with you. I really wish we could have told the story of Prometheus a little bit further. But, um, yeah, looking forward to this. Reservation Dogs are going to touch on the Native American influence with the Native American director at the helm and producer behind it. But, again, Taika Waititi is overseeing the project as an executive producer, so it definitely is going to have that type of great influence there. And 
and uh, looking forward to seeing what that's all about when it comes on FX on Hulu. Yes, yeah, some things are there on FX, but when you're matching almost show for show with Hulu, I don't know if that's great for FX or if that's bad for Hulu. So I don't know how that is going to go over, but FX on Hulu or Hulu is going to get a lot of input over with all these shows. But yes, the, the future is looking okay for, for FX and Hulu right now, but I think their focus is going to be more with Disney+. Plus, and as that gets goes forward, it's going to be harder and harder to see a plethora of shows on both those platforms, Hulu and FX, because of the priority that's going to be made for Disney+. Plus. Because I'm now going into Disney+, Plus with obviously, first and foremost, The Mandalorian. Season 3 is going to drop around Christmas time in 2021, so beware for that. It's going to come out basically a year from now, so it's going to be a little bit of a longer delay. Obviously, with what's going on with coronavirus has slowed things down a bit. Andor based off the era of Rogue One, just before the the events of Rogue One with Diego Luna coming is 2022. I know there was some footage shown on that. In fact, there was some footage shown a little bit and some not to investors only and some to the regular public as well. What were your thoughts on Andor, Josh? Okay, so is this a series or is this it's a, a series. movie? Okay. I I love the world of Rogue One. I just I don't know how bad I wanted to like go back to to the build up to it. You know, like I felt like I got enough of that build up in you know the the Star Wars prequels. So I don't know. Like it, it we I, I have a problem with prequels and the fact where I, I already know where they're going. Like I'm not a huge fan of prequels. So I'm I don't know how I feel about this. Like I want I like new con- I like the idea of new content in that movie universe but i'm not too keen on going back to what happened before when i already know where it went marcus do you have any thoughts on it because rogue one is considered by many to be the best of the new movies that came out of star wars i thought with most of them outside of the rise of skywalker for me they're like seven seven and a half movies so uh, rise of skywalker was beneath that but your thoughts on andor yeah, this should be a fun series. You know, I'm kind of with Josh in the sense of, you know, it, it kind of I wasn't as excited when I first thought about it. But, you know, just jumping back into this, uh, I don't want to call it lore, but the end of the storyline and kind, kind of giving us more uh, to, to consume here should be profitable for Disney. I don't know if it's something that I would be doing. You know, it's it's it feels like you're double dipping on that entire storyline and it, it it could be great. It could be uh, it could not go well. And I'm just gonna wait and see how it plays out man well caleb's right it is uh being overseen by tony gilroy who direct who directed the original born trilogy uh so obviously that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out but yes Andor is coming in 2022 next thing is the rangers of the new republic which is going to take place right in and around the mandalorian era so that's something that i think has been hidden hinted on already when it comes to the actual series Ahsoka, I think that's the one that people are looking forward to most. Yes, go ahead, yeah. Marcus. No, I was just going to say Rosario Dawson's getting a lot of love from the Disney uh, Corporation here. You know, oh, she's, she's going to be all over the place, all over the place, and they're keeping it in the in the, in the family here. You know, they they've got what was it with her? Was it platform or was it dope? Dope sick. Yeah, dope sick. Yes, yeah. with her and Michael Keaton uh, on the that's FX. Coming to FX. Yeah, I mean it's coming to Hulu. Hulu via FX or is it just Hulu? No, it's going to come to Hulu. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, it's they're they're keeping her under the the umbrella here, and it seems like they're really interested in tying her up in the the matters of Disney for the for the foreseeable future. Which means we might have a long running Ahsoka Tano TV show coming 
at us. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, Obviously, her episode with the episode with her on it was a big success, and they're looking forward to some great things with Ahsoka. Obi Wan, which is going to take place ten years after the Revenge of the Sith, with Ian McGregor obviously coming back to the role. Josh, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Hayden Christensen, which has been the talk from everybody, is coming back as Darth Vader. So I want to hear your thoughts on Hayden Christensen. Did you need more of him? Were you going to get him? Here's the thing. All right. Hayden Christensen, to me, I honestly believe that he is a good actor. He was just handed a really bad script that really messed up his career. He like Star Wars Episode 2 and Star Wars Episode 2 is okay. Star Wars Episode 3 was like a showcase of his whining. If you actually go back and count how many times he he yells Padme during the movie, it's more than Obadiah stay Obadiah yelled Tony in Iron Man one. But I just I honestly like I think that he had a lot of potential, but that those Star Wars films kind of broke him or broke his career. And uh, it's just kind of because Jumper was a, a pretty good movie, but he's only been able to do like B list movies ever since Star Wars. Yeah. Okay, but back to to Hayden Christians and Darth Vader. This is funny to me because like they're like, oh, hey, Hayden Christensen's coming back, but uh, he's playing Darth Vader. So you won't know that it's him. We're just letting you know it could possibly not be him, but we're just going to attach his name to the credits. Yeah, it's just it's kind of weird to showcase him and not like showcase him during the show. (laughs) Well, that's one way to say it. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been just all over the fact that Hayden's coming back in the role of Darth Vader. Rangers of the New Republic, uh, I know Caleb had uh, a little bit to say on that. And that one, I guess, because the fact it might include Gina Carano and the actors that you saw in recent episodes in The Mandalorian, that's going to be very up-to-date. Basically, that's going to be a test for people's newfound interest in the Star Wars. If they're going to like this when it doesn't have that charismatic lead actor yet, that they haven't announced, you know, they haven't announced exactly who's going to be on it. So we'll see who if they're going to be adding, making some additions, or they're going to put a, you know, a big name star in front of it, like they have obviously with some other series like The Mandalorian with Pedro Pascal, who's done a great job on on The Mandalorian. So we'll see with that one. Uh, like you said, Josh, with the Obi Wan series, I mean, Ian McGregor coming back to the role, he's done a great job, I think, as Obi Wan Kenobi. One of the few benefits of the prequel trilogy. I'm interested into seeing that. I'm interested in seeing that. Maybe they can go ahead and not necessarily retcon, but basically erase or maybe give better memories of the prequels with a better with an Obi Wan series. I think Obi Wan series is good. People will have a better fondness for the prequels out of it. I don't disagree there. That's I, I feel bad for Ewan McGregor though tying his uh, his horse back to Hayden Christensen uh, one more time. It's uh, one of those things. I would be worried about my career moving forward. It already had one impact, and don't want it to make a, a second appearance. But you know the fact that they're coming back to him, really looking forward to. And this Obi Wan series is going to be something really to maybe take the place of the Mandalorian in a few years. All right, I was going to say like I I am excited about the Obi Wan series. I on I'll be honest like when. I got online after the the investor meeting happened. I immediately looked at all the Star Wars announcements and had instant anxiety because like I am not going to have time to watch all these. You know, like I was getting I saw Mandalorian. I was like, all right, I'm back into Star Wars. The Jedi Fallen Fallen Jedi or whatever was a great like game to tie into all the mythology. But then there's so much here that I just I don't I feel overwhelmed by it. It's easy to feel overwhelmed because you're going to be seeing uh, 10 
10 series coming up in the Star Wars realm and also a lot more from Marvel on the way. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. But to finish off the Star Wars series, let's go with Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is a spinoff from the Clone Wars series. I know a lot of people have a great interest in that one because the Clone Wars was such a huge success. Star Wars Visions, which intrigues me because it's going to be dealt with in the anime realm. It's going to be an anime. So I'm looking really forward to Star Wars Visions and seeing what, how, seeing the, the hybrid of Star Wars and anime. So I'm looking forward to that. Also as well, you got a Lando series, but no Donald Glover announced. And I'm going to tell you right now, if Donald Glover isn't a part of it because he killed it as Lando and was one of the best parts of Solo, I'm going to be very disappointed. I'm just going to be very disappointed. That'll be a big loss if he's not involved. Exactly. I, I think he's just the charisma this man has. He's just a great actor. I, I think if they don't back up the Brinks truck and pay him to be Lando, then, uh, you know, it's basically it's going to be a very disappointing time. Indeed, the Acolyte, which is going to take place in the final days of the High Republic era, that's coming to Disney Plus and a droid story that's going to be an animated series, which includes your two favorite droids and mine. R2-D2, and C-3PO. So a lot of series there for Star Wars. Any thoughts on, on the sheer amount? I know Josh has already said he's got a lot of anxiety on how he's going to keep up with a Star Wars series. But Marcus, any thoughts on the Star Wars series before we head on? No, I was just going to say, you know, we've got the next 10 years to look forward to all this content for. You know, if I remember correctly, they were saying this is a... It's not 10 years. This is going to be within the next three or four Oh, I thought they were saying that all this content was the roadmap for the next 10. No, that's their, oh. no, that's, that's for that's this is yeah, all that, like 2022, 2023 and 2024. That ratchets up the anxiety a lot then. Uh, you know, how do you keep up with any of this if you're looking at uh, at least 10 bullet points right here, uh, if not more for for uh, everything we just talked about. So, yeah, very excited to see all this, but you know, in a short amount of time, it looks like Disney's really 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 prepped for the long haul at home with either pandemic conditions or the recovery from well their goal each year is to bring a hundred new items to disney plus and the uh, different formats that they have each year so that hopefully they'll go ahead and be able to accomplish that goal because something you guys and i have talked about is disney plus's lack of new content so definitely gonna have to see if that takes place and they'll go ahead and meet up to those lofty expectations but also announced from lucasfilm and is going to be a Willow series coming in 2022 and Indiana Jones five, the final adventure for Indiana Jones coming in July of 2022. I will be sad to see Harrison Ford go. Let me ask you this, Josh, if Indiana Jones five is done, the final episode for Harrison Ford, which it should be because you know, he's, he's going to be approaching 80 here and not in the not too distant future. Should they recast the role and go on to new adventures? I would, personally. I think so. I mean, I, I would... He, he has a son, right? I wouldn't want Shia... Well, and, and, like, he's a great actor, but he's too much of a liability, you know? And, like, we yeah, yeah. seen a lot of production halting going on with Indiana Jones just in general, but with, like, all the, the stuff, like, he's going to... He's in jail constantly. He's uh, in rehab constantly. Like, it, it just... We don't need any more production setbacks for Indiana Jones. So I think they should keep going with it. Yes, they do. Uh, they, they just need to find somebody who is more reliable with the role. Go I ahead, think I, I think I've got somebody for that, that role. 
Chris Hemsworth was the first name that popped in my head when uh, we talked about oh. this franchise. And for some reason, he feels like the right guy to play this role. So maybe the pop culture cosmos should start the campaign to get Chris I don't know. I, I think he's... The dude's huge. You realize the guy is six feet five. He, he's what? he's about 300 pounds right now because he's training for the Hulk Hogan role. And What about Liam? Ooh. Keeping the yeah, I, it's got to be someone more because he's supposed Slinger. to be the everyman, the everyman type of deal. And uh, you know, Chris Helmsworth is not everyman. <laughs> you know, the dude's like jacked right now. So I mean, no, there's uh nothing saying he can't slim down a little bit and maybe fit into the, more that everyman yeah, role. I guess, but, so. I, guess yeah. so. I mean, these yeah. guys, these guys go nuts with their weight loss and uh, weight gain and, and muscle gain all the time. So no, nothing right. he can't get down there. And like, what if they had a part in the movie where they pass the torch by his son um, stabbing him and having him fall down? Well, I would have <laughs> said Chris Pratt. I know Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt has been thrown around. His name has been thrown around with Indiana Jones before, but I know he was recently canceled for the things that were said and done in on social media. So, you know, I don't know if he would still be appreciated there, but I would say Chris Pratt is more for me as far as that's concerned, envisioning in that role. But uh, I know he's been canceled, so we'll wait and see on that one. But yeah, Indiana Jones should continue. But the last adventure with Harrison Ford himself is in July 2022. And of course, a Willow series based off the movie from the 80s is going to be taking place with, I think, the lead character in the same role. It's going to be taking place at, later on, obviously, several years after the events of the original Willow movie. But that's going to be taking place in 2022 as well. There's going to be a series based off the New York Times bestseller, Children of Blood and Bone. And Rogue Squadron was the big film that's announced is going to be the next film from Patty Jenkins from the Wonder Woman series. That I'm really excited about, Rogue Squadron. It's not based off the video game, guys. So I want to let you know that for sure. It's it's based off of her, uh, it's, it's I guess, her, her father's uh, story as far as, I think, being a fighter pilot or involved in the service. I think that's going to be the more of the inspiration for this. But your thoughts, guys, on Rogue Squadron being the first film back for Disney in holiday 2023? I mean, I'm hoping this is a strong rebound, you know, for holiday. Did you say 2023? 2023. Oh, my gosh. It's so so far away. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm just hoping that in that time frame, I can get to leave my house a little more regularly. But, yeah, I mean, for a, uh, for a strong rebound, I mean, attaching patty jenkins name to the uh to the entire pro uh, project is going to be a great thing and i think uh it'll really push the storyline forward uh a lot faster so so yes definitely looking forward to rogue squadron when that drops and then after that is the movie that star wars movie that they've uh, already said that is in development and writing right now that taika watiti will be directing that will come out after rogue squadron i think that's a, a little Rogue Squadron is more along, I think, as a production right now than what Taika Waititi is, because I think he's still writing it. But Josh, any thoughts on Taika Waititi? I know we've talked about this before, helming a Star Wars film, but I think it gets everybody excited about what he could bring back to the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I feel like they're going to come out of uh, that movie. People will come out of that movie being wondering like what they just watched, and then eventually they're going to be like, that was pretty yes. awesome. Caleb Richardson, he said he's excited. Rose Squadron is going to be a first post-Episode 9 story. He said in the description, it'll focus on a future era of the galaxy. 
Yeah, it will take place after the events of the nine movies. I think that's going to be great that they're going to be washing their hands as far as from a movie sense from that era and moving on to a different part of the galaxy, per se. So I definitely am looking forward to Rogue Squadron and whatever Taika Waititi has in mind as far as the movies coming up in the not-too-distant future for the Star Wars series. Moving did, on... Did you well, did you guys happen to catch Taika's uh, reply on Instagram to him being announced as a feature filmmaker? No, no. <laughs> Posted a screenshot of the Star Wars uh, Twitter account, you know, uh, tweeting it out. And all it says is, what? Uh, as a longtime fan of Star Wars, I'm so angry about what I'm about to do to ruin it. So, I mean, the man has a sense of humor. He knows that there's a lot of weight on his shoulders. At this point. Well, he's got to be writing it now because he's going to be directing Thor Love and Thunder here in, in January when production begins on that. So he's got he's. And also, we talked about him being executive producer of Reservation Dogs. So he's obviously got a lot on his plate coming up in the not-too-distant future, if not now already. But for National Geographic was up next, and they talked about a Cousteau documentary, which I think is long overdue, personally. I think he's one of the iconic... I, basically, uh, documentary and docuseries uh, owe a lot to Jacques Cousteau as far as it's concerned, following his travels for many, many years. I think that's something that was a necessary... A thing to happen so i'm glad to see that happen there's going to be a fourth installment of genius featuring martin luther king jr secrets of the whales which is going to be executive produced by james cameron which i know caleb richardson talked about as far as james cameron being also a part of some of the series and the alien series it's going to have an influence on that in the uh, fx series so he's going to have a he's going to have his influence there as well and he's obviously doing those little movies that we know that are going to be coming around in the not too distant future again that are going to go ahead and be part of that because he's obviously taking care of some big projects himself that disney disney didn't announce that that was very surprising why do you think disney not, did not announce marcus real quick why do you think disney did not announce james cameron's biggest series coming to date avatar 2 3 4 5 20 which you know he's working on at the moment Working on, but there's no foreseeable end to uh, the pandemic. So let's go ahead and just sit on that news and not make people uh, start expecting it like uh, people were expecting Tenet to come out. Or Josh, there's also no foreseeable end to Avatar as well. So um, mm. oh, mm -hmm. we'll see. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, hear my excitement on that. <laughs> but A Real Bug's Life, America the Beautiful. And then speaking of Chris Hemsworth, we just talked about him. He's bulking up for the Hulk Hogan right now, but he's doing Limitless. I know there's footage of him surfing as far as concerned for National Geographic series coming up. But Limitless with Chris Hemsworth is coming up in the not-too-distant future for National Geographic and Disney+. And, Disney Plus. and Welcome to Earth with Will Smith. That's the working title. It's not yet an official title, official, official title. But that's a series that Will Smith is going to be executive producing and working on and being appearing in, I believe, as well for National Geographic on Disney+. Plus. So very interesting to see. They're getting some big names in there. So National Geographic putting out. I, it was kind of like smashed in all these other big studios, and I think that was their intent. But there's uh, no less some big names and big things going on for those that are interested in National Geographic. I think that was also a shot at the Discovery Networks banding together to come out, you know, to form Dis Discovery Plus. So I think that was a shot across their bow to say, hey, you know what? We can provide a lot too, as far as National Geographic is concerned. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. All right, coming up next is some of the Disney series, original Disney series. A lot of these are remakes, so slow down with your enthusiasm there. But the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, the series is coming to Disney+. Plus. This we already knew about with Emilio Estevez. I know, Josh, you were excited about this. Marcus, any thoughts on the Mighty Ducks Game Changers? I'm just starting to really long for original content again. Dipping back into the Mighty Ducks franchise great but let's do some original series other than something yeah other than something based on you know a storyline we've already heard yeah like i love the mighty ducks movies like as a hockey fan like i love the mighty ducks movies always go back to them when i can but thinking about this a a show where the mighty ducks are the villains like it makes it feel like the the first like three movies just get canceled out you know like it seems pointless to me uh, Caleb Richardson said he thinks because 20th Century Studios didn't get a spotlight at the Investor Day along with Searchlight. Yeah, they only got a passing mention, uh, both of them, Searchlight and 20th Century. <laughs> it's got pushed to the curb, pushed to the side. Uh, they did give a passing word on it saying they're making films for Hulu. But I know they were just giving passing mention. But it's funny because you spent all that money on the name, on the 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 library and all the content and you give them nothing more than the passing name in your investment meeting. So it just shows exactly what they think of the name of 20th century and searchlight. I think they're going to still send projects there. Obviously they will for the foreseeable future, but it's not necessarily a priority at this time for Disney. And you can tell, and for you, Marcus, since you were so happy about all these remakes that are being done, they're going to throw a few more at you. So get prepared for this Turner and Hooch remake. Uh, there's also Hocus Pocus 2 coming. I know a lot of people were excited. You were excited about that on the last I, one. Yeah, I am excited about Hocus Pocus 2. And I don't want to throw all the remakes under the bus. It's just, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to some bigger, grander original content. And, and you know, I understand that in a year like we had this year, you've got to kind of dig deep and and return to some of the, the storylines that you know are successful. So I don't want to disparage what they're doing. It's just, man, I'm really looking forward to some really, really, really good original content. They have a show that they're coming up with and that they showed some footage of with Big Shot, Celebration of Girl Power with John Stamos and Yvette Nicole Brown. The Mysterious Benedict Society, that's coming as a series that I believe is from a best-selling line of books. Three Men and a Baby remake, Zac Efron. I know you got to be on the train for that one, Marcus or Josh. Come on, guys. Come on. 2022. I mean, I do love Zac Efron, so I'm looking forward to that one. He's he's a very underrated actor. I I, <laughs> good i'm i'm glad josh is on board with me because that's like a guilty pleasure admit admission there you know <laughs> yeah but yeah. real quick can i go back to the original content you're talking about it's yeah. a shame that searchlights is so it's is getting like the shaft here because like they're they do make some some incredible indie films come out of that like very original movies come out of that that part of the studio it's just it makes me sad to see that they're not like getting the notoriety they deserve Caleb Richardson was right. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. That's something I know one of my daughters was very excited about. I forgot to mention that. I think I deleted the line here. But Percy Jackson and the Olympians, that's coming out as a series. Looking forward to that. Uh, That's going to, well, Caleb thinks that's going to be a sleeper hit. It'll be Disney's Harry Potter. 
I mean, the series itself got mixed reviews, uh, very high on the original movie. Uh, Percy Jackson was something that I think a lot of people were trying to get into. It came at a period where everybody wanted to jump on a Harry Potter-like series at the point in time and kind of fell off the wayside after the sequel. But hopefully this will reignite people's interest in the series, Percy Jackson. So hopefully we'll, everybody will be able to go ahead and, and get into that because I, I kind of liked it myself. I kind of like myself, but yeah. we'll, we'll see what and happens. Lo- go uh, Logan Learman, I think his name is. It's actually yeah. supposed to be in this series too, which yeah. is kind of, kind of cool nod. It's so funny though. He's the... <laughs> It's the same guy who uh, on the Amazon series Hunters that was dropping all the f bombs with Al Pacino, and he's going to go back to doing what uh, young adult movies. Uh, yeah, so I uh, if if you're not seen Hunters yet, you'll see his performance. His very good performance, but yes, it was outstanding performance. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's going to be going back to person. It's going to be like a, a shock to the two people when he goes back to a somewhat clean format with Percy Jackson, the Olympians. Also, as well, we want to go ahead and mention. Three Men and a Baby, like I said, uh, original movies, biopic movies off of Chris Paul, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Kiannan Lowe, who was a local basketball high school coach, I think, that I guess stopped, uh, I remember from the story, stopped a a school shooting. So he's going to get a biopic movie, and I'm really happy for that. Children's book adaptation of Flora and Ulysses, Cheaper by the Dozen from the 80s, I think it was that early 90s with Steve Martin. Uh, That's going to have a remake with Gabrielle Union. Diary of a Wimpy Kid is going to be animated, and that's something that they want to tap into because Diary Diary of a Wimpy Kid was a successful movie series, so they're tapping into that in a new fashion with an animated series of that. And then also, as well, they're going to be animating Night of the Museum. That's going to become an animated series. And then also, Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild with Simon Pegg. Ooh, a lot of stuff going there for Disney+. Plus. I know it's basically a lot of it's retread stuff or basically revised versions of already existing products. I know, Marcus, you're asking for original content, but Josh, do you think this is a lot of safe venturing for Disney at this point in time? Yes and no. I think it's safe in the fact they're like, oh, these things are established. They've made money. There's a fan base for them. But it's also dangerous in the fact that if you make something that doesn't live up to the expectations of what you know the ideas that people have of the originals that you're treading in dangerous territory there well i'll tell you what there's a lot more to talk about with jungle cruise it's going to be coming out in 2021 that one's already been done it's in the it's on the shelf it's waiting to go ahead and be released that's with the rock that's going to be coming out very soon in 2021 a lot of people are looking forward to that because they want to see the backside of water Lion King live action prequel, The Little Mermaid live action, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, I think with Seth Rogen playing a guest role or recurring role in it, but he's not going to be the star. I know Adam Samberg, I think is going to be one of the either Chip or Dale. That's going to be a live action animated hybrid. Pinocchio is a live action movie coming with Tom Hanks playing Geppetto, I would assume. Peter and Wendy, that's going to be with Jude Law as Captain Hook. Uh, Disenchanted, that is coming straight to Disney+. Plus. That's going to be a sequel to Enchanted with Amy Adams. Sister Act 3 is going to be with Tyler Perry producing and Whoopi Goldberg also producing and starring in it. So that's going to be a return to the Sister Act movies, Sister Act 3. I think those movies are coming to Disney+, Plus for the most part, or maybe some of them are actually hitting the movie trail. We'll see how that ends up. Also as well for Disney+, Plus, I want to go ahead and say there's great series including Baymax, that series is coming 2022 zootopia plus which is going to focus in on 
side characters that were in the Zootopia movie. That's going to be coming 2022. Tiana from Princess and the Frog. She gets her own series in 2022. These are all animated, by the way, these last three series. And then Moana, that animated series is coming 2023. Iwaju, based from an African comic book series, that's coming in 2022. Swiss Family Robinson series, that's coming as well to Disney+. Plus. They've just got a whole bunch of stuff as far as it's concerned they're going to try and flood you with. Is there anything that's going to interest you on there? Caleb, oh, by the way, Caleb Richards said he thinks Tom Hanks is going to be voicing Pinocchio. I would love to see him as Geppetto. That would be my personal thing. But yes, at this point in time, if he's going to be voicing Pinocchio, that's going to be very interesting as well. I'll echo you on the Geppetto. Uh, I think that that's one of the best roles he could fill in that, in that film. Is he but... Geppetto or is he Pinocchio? I hope he's Geppetto, you know, like I, I in my mind, he's Geppetto, but I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, do we, is that news out there? At his age, he can no longer, he's not in his thirties anymore. I mean, right, he could have right. voiced Pinocchio back in the day. He might still, he might still throw out that toy story voice in there and be Pinocchio. So you never know. I, again, it's not, I, I'm not sure which way it's confirmed, but yeah, it's something that we'll definitely have to look at. Josh, any interest on all these movies and series coming to Disney plus? Honestly, not particularly. The Pinocchio one does look okay. Like I, I love the fact that Pinocchio is now coming out to haunt a new, entirely new generation of children. Tom, that may, that movie because as Tom Hanks may actually that, hit the. I'm I'm assuming that yeah. will hit the big screen. I'm, I'm yeah. assuming that will hit the big screen. If, yeah, if he's if he's yeah for sure. But I mean, can we just for a minute like appreciate how terrifying Pinocchio was when you were a kid? It was pretty uh, terrifying. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty terrifying. One of those classic Disney moments where it horrified everyone at that point in time. But yes, they got away with a G rating on it. Go ahead, Marcus. I was just going to say, I'm looking forward to Zootopia Plus just because I did enjoy some of the characters from that uh, from the movies. And it's just like, you know, we didn't get enough time on screen with some of these characters. So the fact that it's going to be a makeup of all the side characters that we didn't really get to see that much on the big screen. But uh, how much more can you see of Sloth? Really, that that was awesome for what it was, but Sloth is like a scene stealer. But come on, devoting any more time to Sloth, no, I, I the production cost would be very low on a Sloth show because it'd be like the same frame for yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah, there you go. Okay. yeah. I mean, but I I think the kids love the Sloth, and uh, you know, there's a few other characters that I think really will do well in a children's show. Encanto, Encanto, I think is coming in twenty twenty one. Disney Animation does Encanto. Encanto for Disney Animation. That's, I believe, coming in late 2021. Well, I'll tell you what, there's so much more to talk about. We haven't even gotten to the Marvel yet. So before we go ahead and hit Marvel, we got to go ahead and take care of Pixar. Starts off with Pixar Popcorn. That's going to be shorts. That's going to be starting up here, I believe, as early as January. So look out for that. Doug Days, that's going to be a series for fall 2021. I think Encanto is Pixar. I think Encanto is Pixar. Encanto uh, from Pixar, that's going to be a movie coming in 2021. Car spinoff series is 2022. That's something I'm not excited for at all because I didn't like the Cars movies very much, but I know a lot of younger kids will really enjoy that. Doug Days from Up, that's going to be fall of 2021. Win or Lose, which is an original Pixar series, which an original IP for them based off of, I think, a middle school co-ed baseball team, if I'm not mistaken. That's going to be in 2023. Uh, Luca, uh, based off, I think, Italian heritage. That's going to be a Luca movie. That's going to be coming in June 2021. 
Turning Red movie. That's going to be March 2022. And Lightyear, based off the movie, which was the premise for the toy Buzz Lightyear in the Toy Story series. This is takes place before. This is what what it what influenced the toy, the movie per se. This is going to be voiced by Chris Evans in the role of Lightyear. So I want to hear your thoughts on that with Chris Evans in the role of Lightyear coming up. I think that's going to be June 2022 in Lightyear for Pixar. Definitely not original content, but it's an interesting take on the storyline that is Buzz Lightyear. You know, making a story about the man that the toy is made, made off of is definitely a couple layers deep. It feels like we're doing a little bit of a inception thing here but really kind of looking forward to this and just the the reaction that i've seen thus far has been pretty positive i i, I don't know about you guys but buzz lightyear is a big fan uh or not a big fan but a, a big big name for my uh for my for my youth years so i was i was excited to see this one absolutely so it's something that definitely we're looking forward to i cannot wait for it and caleb richardson is also looking forward to zootopia plus because it dealt with heavy themes like police brutality and systemic racism but in a new and fresh way i couldn't agree with you more how much i enjoyed that film i thought it was one of the best of the year that came out so i agree with you on that uh so we go from the chris evans as Lightyear to end pixar's so we finally got over to Kevin Feige. And I think what a lot of people were really, truly waiting for, although the Star Wars stuff got a lot of people excited, I think a lot of people were waiting to see what Kevin Feige will pull out of his hat. So he pulled a lot out of his hat, stuff that we didn't even know about. So guys, staying on for this. Starts off with the stuff that we already know about, like WandaVision coming next month on the 15th, starting that series. Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming March of 2021. Loki. We got to see finally some footage from not only Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but Loki. Your thoughts on Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Josh? Uh, I mean, I'm excited. I just I saw the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like it has all the elements that we've come to know and love from those two characters. You know, it has the uh, the big action scenes. It's got the uh, it has a what would you call it? Like a um, the Winter Soldier has his like groove back. It feels like by watching those trailers. You know, the, the Falcon has never been like my absolute favorite character, but they've done a great job of developing him. I've always loved the dynamic between him and Bucky and just seeing like how they've grown. Uh, their characters have been have grown and been developed over the course of the movies. And now we get to see it more isolated. And I'm really excited about that. Marcus, any thoughts, thoughts on it? Looking forward to the rollout of this movie and seeing how how it's uh, received. It's something that, you know, I think we're all kind of we've been talking about in for a while. Series, here. Yeah, sorry, the series. Something we've been talking about here and, and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens. So. Uh, they're both very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out and how they're going to go ahead and develop the MCU through those two series. That is Falcon and Winter Soldier coming in March and Loki coming in May of next year. The What If series is very interesting, not necessarily because it's going to expand anything in the MCU, but all the possibilities of what they created for the What If series coming in summer of 2021. Then we get into the movies uh, after what was described by Kevin Feige. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, that's going to be coming July 9th, 2021. Looking forward to that. No footage shown. Was kind of disappointed by that. But Shang-Chi is coming in July. Have a feeling they're going to be showing off something in the not-too-distant future for that. 
Miss Marvel series was basically they, they announced the lead actress for the role of Miss Marvel. So she seems she was obviously very excited when she got the news. It's a brand new actress to the scene. And she's also going to be a part of Captain Marvel 2, which is already in some stage of development at this point in time. Eternals. They talked about that coming in November 2021. And still, we haven't seen a thing from that movie, which I was kind of disappointed as well, because they, I know that movie they've got already basically on the shelf, sitting, waiting to go ahead and be played. That's another movie that's been sitting for a while. So um, I'm trying to understand why they haven't shown any footage of that. Maybe because, again, it's not coming out for another 11 months. So we'll see what happens there going forward with the Eternals. Coming up after that, they talked about, of course, the Hawkeye series, which is being filmed right now, I think in New York, if I'm not mistaken, with Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld is going to be playing the role of Kate Bishop. She-Hulk was announced, of course, that was something that was already expected, but Tim Roth and Mark Ruffalo, Tim Roth as the Abomination and Mark Ruffalo appearing alongside in, in roles, guest starring, or in case of Tim Roth could be a little bit longer Mark Ruffalo is going to be making an appearance to support She-Hulk. And this is something I think that's going to be very interesting. Could we see She-Hulk along with Daredevil in Spider-Man 3? That's something to be talked about since they're both attorneys. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like Kevin Feige's like nods to um, Daredevil. And like there's been some like subtle nods towards like Charlie Cox's Daredevil. You know, a lot of people... He's but he was asked about that after Kevin Feige talked about it. And he said he has no comment. So it makes me wonder... Could be cool to have him come back. I really enjoyed that uh, iteration of Daredevil. Thought it was great. Well, I know the invitations for us are coming soon for Spider-Man 3 because they seemingly are inviting everyone else. But again, then again, I touched on that on Friday's show. It's so funny because all the different elements of that because of the Spider-Verse being blown up and the multiverse exploding and how it was mentioned that the Spider-Man movie is going to intertwine with the multiverse in that aspect. And, and that was actually mentioned during the Disney's investors meeting. There's going to be something that we talk about here, Moon Knight, but Oscar Isaac, even though in all the trade papers, Oscar Isaac was confirmed as playing Moon Knight. That was very concerning. That name was not dropped on the Moon Knight series in the Disney Investor Meeting. But even though Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, all the reliable trade sources had already named that Oscar Isaac was already being bandied about and confirmed as Moon Knight. So I want to hear your thoughts on Moon Knight with no Oscar Isaac attached as of yet. I mean, it's it's very early in the show's production still. I mean, I I I'm sure Oscar Isaac is is going to play the part. He's already like talked about it. So I mean, I don't have any reason to doubt he won't play it unless there are like some last minute contract snags. But you know, th- this is another show that I'm I'm pretty excited about because he's kind of like the uh, I don't know minor league hero of the Marvel universe. So I'm kind of uh, excited to see what they do with him. I'm kind of excited as well. It's going to be very interesting how this plays out for Moon Knight and Oscar Isaac. If he's still attached, will he be officially announced? We'll wait and see. But that's something to look forward to with a Moon Knight series coming in the not-too-distant future. I think 2023 is going to be the start date for that. Maybe 2022. We'll see what happens there. Secret Invasion series. Now, this was something that we had been talked about, a Nick Fury series, but we didn't know what it was going to involve. That had been heavily rumored. It's going to be something that I think is going to be very interesting to see. So I want to hear your thoughts, Marcus, on 
Secret Invasion with Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel L. Jackson, which I'm excited he's going to play Nick Fury. Anytime he plays Nick Fury, it just really just enhances the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It does. And this is one of those ones that, you know, just having him back along brings a lot of uh, credibility to, to the to the project alone. I think just having his name tied to it. So, uh, you know, it's 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 something that it's going to I think it's going to bring in a whole bunch of uh, some a whole bunch of viewership, you know, back to Marvel. Not like they've lost any anyways, but this is going to be a, a fun, a fun series here. So looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it as well. The Secret Invasion series, which I think got my one of my my other daughters excited about that as well. So, so I, I, what's? Oh, sorry. I mean, what's what? I don't know about you guys, but like, they have this is a an event series, right? So, I mean, I'm just curious, like, if this is going to go the same way as Civil War and really like not be tied into the comics at all. Well, it's going to be. They're going to be what looking at those who have shape shifted and become a part of the society in, 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 in several important areas. Let's say like politics, law enforcement, government, things of that nature. And they're going to go after them because they're doing nefarious things. It's a small group of, of scrolls that are doing some nefarious things, I think. And that's what Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel Jackson will be doing and going after. I think that's the premise of it from what I understand. So, yeah, because the original comic books were it was just like an eight issue run, if yeah, uh, right, yeah, and then they just had a couple tie in books and or or other uh, movies or so, or a couple uh, tie in comic books. Yeah, yeah, they all had like two or three issues tied into it. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting because Captain Marvel flipped it right as the scrolls and I don't remember who who the other side was, but I mean the scrolls were basically made into the 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 good guys in Captain Marvel, so that was kind of a weird switch up. Absolutely. So it's going to be something very interesting to see the secret invasion. It's a secret, but it's a secret invasion uh, that's going to be coming in the not too distant future with Samuel L. Jackson and Mendelssohn reprising their roles. An Ironheart series didn't go too much into detail on that, but an Ironheart series is coming as well to Disney Plus. And after that also was announced Armor Wars, which was announced with War Machine, Don Cheadle taking up and le leading this series. It's going to be something that was described as if Tony Stark's worst fears were found that basically a, a lot of Stark industry tech got into the wrong hands and that war machine, Don Cheadle, in order to honor memory of his friend, goes after these individuals, these organizations that have all the Stark, stolen Stark tech. So I think that's going to be the premise of Armor Wars. Your thoughts on Armor Wars didn't sound like you see with two Thews, but I love Don Cheadle anytime I can go ahead and see him on screen. Yeah, it just it feels weird, you know, bringing him back. You know, they must have backed the Brinks truck up to his house and made sure they dumped all that money out to get him back I'll tied to the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, no, and honestly, you know, him as Rhodey was my favorite rendition. I know that's not doesn't carry a lot of weight with a, a lot of the fan base, but I really enjoyed him. So bringing him back is something that's going to be fun to see. So again, we've got a lot of stuff going on when it comes to Marvel series that weren't announced already. So that's very interesting. A Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Are you ready? I am. Gosh. Uh, I know Marcus is. So are you ready for a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? And do you think they'll poke fun at the Star Wars holiday special while that's, doing so? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like This feels like it's primed to make fun of the Star Wars holiday special. No, will sorry. I watch it? Yes, I will watch it. Oh, um, yeah. I'm just curious what kind of like, is it a show? Is it like a movie film or a TV film? Like, it's just, it's so mysterious. They're going to be filming it during the process of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. 
So it'll just probably be some extra shooting that they'll be doing. Could be like a 90 minute mini movie or something, a 90 minute show, 90 minute movie or something like that. Maybe an hour. Who knows what's going to end up being, but it's going to be something I think they're going to poke a lot of fun at. I think it's going to be a lot better and get a lot more well reception than the Star Wars holiday special. And I think that's the point. But look for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special in Christmas of 2022. I am Groot animated shorts. That's also going to be coming in a period of time to Disney plus look for that. Thor love and thunder is again, like I said, going to be starting production in January. And that is, has got a release date of May 6th of 2022. They talked a little bit uh, again about reminding us about blade with Mahersha Ali, the excellent actor looking forward to a revision of blade, but love Wesley Snipes as again, we've talked about this, Josh and Marcus, I've talked about this before about uh, the handler being played by Wesley Snipes. Uh, I think that would be an awesome way to go ahead and honor him because Wesley Snipes is still very active in the Hollywood community. So definitely would be a great, great thing to see him play that role of the handler for Blade. But we'll wait and see on that one. Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's going to be called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And I think uh, they confirmed jonathan majors playing the role of kane the conqueror i think that my question is marcus do you think kane the conqueror will make an appearance at some earlier point in time before ant-man and the wasp quantum media or is he going to be debuting there because there, there's a lot of time variance things that are going on especially in loki yeah this is a i think the storyline I'm trying to think through this. Would the storyline dictate he has to show up before, uh, or at least make an appearance at some point, right? Uh, whether that's a full-on, you know, ten-minute appearance or you know just a quick blip on screen at the end of a movie, I, I'm going to lean more heavily towards he's going to show up uh, at the ladder there. There you go. We'll wait and see on that one. Once again, that's Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Black Panther two. They will not recast Black Panther. I think that was the the obvious thing that they should do, and the most respectful the right thing, thing that they yep. should do is not recast the role for Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace. At least something that they should have done and said oh, the whole time. And I'm glad that they went ahead and confirmed that, and reiterated that. Fantastic Four was the one movie I think a lot of people were really surprised at. That, you know, obviously it's something that they had talked about or been rumored, but. They finally said that it is now going to be a part of the MCU that is officially part of the MCU. They haven't mentioned anything X-Men yet, Josh, but they did mention Fantastic Four with John Watts, who directed the recent Spider-Man films at the helm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited about this. Like, I had high hopes for the, you know, the Josh Trank Fantastic Four, and they ended up being incredibly disappointing. Uh, it It makes sense. Like, Fantastic Four, honestly, like, had Marvel and Disney owned it way back when it it's one of the foundational films like they're the foundational family of Marvel and that should have been done a long time ago so I'm just hoping that like it's done in a way that really incorporates them into what's already been established with the MCU and you know on the subject of X-Men yeah I was kind of hoping to see something from them but you know we'll see we'll see I'm sure they'll make some some more announcements in the coming months and we already talked about in recent weeks about Deadpool 3 signing up the Bob's Burgers writers. So you know they're already starting something up there, but they didn't mention that also in Disney Adventures Day 2020. So it's kind of disappointed by that, that or a surprise appearance by Ryan Reynolds per se. But yes, we're going to go ahead and finish up here in a few minutes. But it's a great time with Disney Investors Day 2020. And I'll tell you what, if you have any thoughts, please, like Caleb Richardson, much props to you for your entire comments the whole way. 
I'm going to go ahead and put this on Wednesday as an entirety whole thing because I got to go ahead and spend the time breaking down some of it on for the Monday show. But we're going to go ahead and go to the break here in a sec and we're going to come back. It's Noe and Fine and I remembering the life and career of Tommy Tiny Lister. But before we go to the break, just want to give a mention that they did touch on in the Disney Investors Day 2020 Black Widow, the Black Widow movie coming May 7, 2021, but did not announce if it was coming day and date on Disney Plus or doing premium access or anything of that. So right now it's just a standard movie release that kind of glossed over it, didn't show any new footage or anything like that. So I wanted to make mention of that as well. But 10 great Marvel series, 10 great Star Wars series coming to Disney Plus with all the other original Disney content. So I know a lot of people, including myself, are looking forward to that in the coming days, months, and years to Disney Plus. Coming up again right after the break, it's Noe and Fine and I remembering the life and career of Tommy Tiny Lister. I want to thank you so much for listening to this PCC Extra. Thank you for listening. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Video game box art, the stories behind the covers, in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out Video Game Box Art, the stories behind the covers, celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassman coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to thank you so much for listening and watching. We truly appreciate it. Got my good friend here from Hunnicween. He is the man indeed. You got to check out what he's doing today at Hunnicween on Facebook and also the Hunnic Outcast. It is a man who has saved us more times here at Pop Culture Cosmos than I can count. But he's here today to remember the life of someone who recently passed away, who pop culture owes a great bit of debt to in Tiny, well, actually, Tommy Tiny Lister. And so we want to go ahead and remember him fondly because he truly was a great part of pop culture. It is Noe and Fine. And Noah, thanks for coming on. I wanted first to hear your thoughts on Tommy Tiny Lister because so many people out there know him from the world of wrestling as Zeus when he appeared in the SummerSlam main event with Hulk Hogan. Exactly. You're doing the doing the science right now. He tried a brief comeback in WWC and, and, and also WCW as well. But I, I think also his major performances, obviously in Friday as Devo, as the guy who's going to really just wreck your world if he didn't cooperate, or as well his as the president, which I think is his best performance ever in The Fifth Element, and his <laughs> way he just captured the screen in a in a very stirring scene, a very tense scene in A Dark Night as well. Yes. You know, thank you for having me on. And here's the thing. If 2020 couldn't have gotten any more suckier, there's another way to say it, but it's true. If it doesn't suck any more than it has, I knew we were going to lose some celebrities this year, but boy, boy, oh boy, did we lose a lot of celebrities. I guess it started with Kobe, at least as, as I recall. Yeah. And now we have, um, uh, I mean, the man who was uh, the manufacturer of Slim Jim, but Zeus, actually, it's, it's an interesting story because when I lived in New York for several years, I was able to go to SummerSlam 89 can't remember where I sat and all my memorabilia sadly got lost when I moved to Pennsylvania, but 
The point is I got to go to SummerSlam 89, and they had the uh, Zeus, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Brutus Beefcake uh, feud because, again, in, in March or, or between March and May, you had no holds barred. Yeah. And the movie did okay. But, I mean, I, I have to be honest, it's a cult following. It, 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 it's definitely one of the more interesting films. But Zeus got swept up quickly for the World Wrestling Federation itself. And unfortunately, because he wasn't trained properly, Vince McMahon just thought that he had to look in the build. Zeus, sadly, when you watched him live, he was huge and he was menacing. But as Bruno San Martino would say, he didn't know a wristwatch from a wrist lock. And that was a problem. So the problem is when I would see him on TV, when he made his um, superstars debut against Brutus Beefcake and then attacking Hogan as his main event and then seeing him at SummerSlam, you kind of knew that it's a good thing he was teamed up with Savage because Savage was a detail freak. By December, you had the No Holds Barred Christmas where the movie was on pay-per-view and then you got to watch a match. There was actually uh, a house show with several other matches that I don't really remember too much, but the only thing you saw on this pay-per-view was a cage match with Hogan and Beefcake against Zeus and Savage. Now, if, if Zeus would have come in a few months later when the movie came out on VHS and he had some more time to train when the movie was coming out on VHS and then shown that pay-per-view first, the rumors were he was supposed to show up at WrestleMania six against Hogan for the championship. Like he, he would come and interfere with matches, but they would have a debut match at WrestleMania six. Mm-hmm. So that was supposed to be the whole, always that's what Zeus told the public. And well, again, he just really couldn't wrestle. And I know in 96, he went to WCW for a while, a, a different name, but he just, you know, he, he just didn't have, it, it, it's hard to explain, but if you get your hands on something the wrestle podcast of Bruce Richard, it will explain a little bit more um, why Zeus wasn't able to follow direction too much either. So it, yeah. was, it was a couple problems. He was blind in one eye, but still, um, he just didn't know. Like if Bruce Pritchard as Brother Love would secretly tell Zeus to do things, Zeus didn't know that Bruce Pritchard was talking to Zeus. And that was a problem. But I will say this much as for the movie, it does have some cult status. It feels like a Rocky Four in the professional wrestling world. I, you know, well, anything remembered, let's put it this way anything remembered from that era of Hulk Hogan movies is got to be a cult classic at best because they're not good and they're not really fondly remembered among the general public. All of them you could pretty much throw in a barrel and they're pretty much all no watching the the others i you know i tried to watch santa with muscles but that's not the point the point is as for zeus goes you know i i don't really have the best matches because he really wasn't he was trained too quickly he's an actor putting in that yeah yeah yeah, he wasn't yeah so that, that was the problem i mean he only had a few matches and it was nice that they tried to attribute but it showed him just like fumbling and getting disqualified and that was pretty much it it would be something similar where if you and i we're just asked to go ahead and do a match yeah. and we had, would have very, we would have very limited training on that, but there's so many other great roles that he had. Obviously the Friday movies were something that uh, he did a little bit later on, 
that were really, yes. really good looks for him. He was really funny Evo. as that imposing figure in the movie, playing off Chris Tucker, uh, Ice Cube, you know, that that whole gang that was there. And then you had his success. I think his best turn, uh, maybe A Dark Knight, you could say it's right up there because he was brilliant in that that small little segment. But the fifth element as the president, mm. you see that steadying force yes. of the entire film. Well, the Dark Knight is funny because the rumors were he was going to be Croc before the Dark Knight Rises came out, and after the Dark Knight, there was that anime Gotham Knight, and it actually showed what happened to Scarecrow after Batman Begins. And yes, um, Croc did make an appearance, and Christopher Nolan was toying about Croc, and he said, well, should I put him in Dark Knight or, you know, too many characters? Because I was even going to put him Firefly and there was a Firefly figure and a croc. But then he figured he would put him in Dark Knight Rises as a bait. But I guess whatever happened, the studio, you know, fumbled and no one said, you know what, I'm putting him in Bane. And that was pretty much it. And it's a shame because I think the problem is because of the animated series made croc out to be a joke. But I think that if you would have had Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. as croc... Yeah, I think it would have worked, but it's something we'll never see. Uh, the final thing I'm going to say right now, if you want to, in Hannibal TV on YouTube, there is an hour shoot interview, and it's a really interesting. I put it up on the Facebook, on, on the uh, group pages. It's an interesting listen, and it does talk a lot about No Holds Barred, WCW, and life after his wrestling career. And he had a very good acting career. Sadly, from what I've heard from the autopsy, yeah, he did pass away from coronavirus at 62. So yeah, yeah, he was uh, actually going to be in the middle of a shoot, and he, I think, had to ex excuse himself because of symptoms. It's a shame to see what this virus is doing to people all over the world in 2020. And Tiny Lister Jr. just cannot thank him enough for his contributions to pop culture. He's going to be still remembered even more because I think there's at least a dozen pictures still in production that he's going to be a part of. So you will see him in performances going forward in the next year or two. So that's at least a, a, a sign for fans that can go ahead and see some of his final work. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and again, pay our respects to Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. who passed away at the age 62 and thank him for everything that he provided for us as pop culture. Thanks so much for listening to the entire show with Josh Peterson. Marcus de la Garza, and Noe and Fine. Truly appreciate it. Hope you get a chance to catch our shows every Monday and Friday right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't forget our other shows, the Lakers Fast Break and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Got a lot of great things going on on those channels, so check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, don't forget our friends at Thrive Fantasy. If you're into daily fantasy sports betting, you can go ahead and check out thrivefantasy.com or Thrive Fantasy, just download it today on the app. Use the code LFB on your first deposit, and you'll get up to $50 on a match on your first deposit going to Thrive Fantasy. Got to make sure your Thrive Fantasy deposit is at least $20 or more, but yes, they'll match it up to $50 if you use the code today, LFB. Want to thank you so much. Appreciate everyone going ahead and listening to our PC Extra today. Stay safe, stay healthy. Happy holidays from all of us at the Pop Culture Cosmos.